everyone, I'm Lydia Laws and welcome to Lifting the Lid. Today I'm really excited to have Liam Milburn and Andrew Davidson from Sports World Media on the podcast. Liam and Andrew run Sports World Media, a number one empire covering lifestyle management, marketing and editorial for professional athletes and their partners. With key clients and cover stars, including the likes of Leo Messi, Floyd Mayweather and Lewis Hamilton, it's hard to believe they built the business from scratch, sleeping in the office five nights a week and grafting through the night. Okay, Let's jump in. Hope you enjoy. Liam and Andrew, thank you so much for joining me on Lifting the Lid. How are you both doing? Yeah, really well. Thank you very much. Good. Um, So I want to talk to you about Sports World magazine, which to me looks like a pretty impressive big empire that you've created for yourselves. Um, I'd love to know where the idea came from. And basically, if you can just give me a bit of a brief story about how you actually started the magazine and why you kind of decided to work together. Okay, well, um, it's a bit of a long story, an inspiring one, some people would say as well. Um, me and Andrew worked together for probably around the best part of three or four years at other publishers. And what we were doing was kind of very small market. So we would um, were still involved in the football industry. We would... Um, target semi-professional footballers, semi-professional football clubs, I should say. Um, and essentially we would do stories uh, around them um, in the magazine and the local sort of businesses within that area to that football club would sponsor their you know, their, their business alongside the piece. Um, and there was never any return on investment. It was very kind of, you know, a, a quick sort of hit of advertising with a little bit of exposure and nothing ever materialised from it. Um, but I came across Andy after working sort of a probably a year into this business. And, and from then I, I kind of quickly knew that after sort of, you know, speaking with Andy, um, that he had a, a good network of, of footballers that he... That he, that he had and um, and me and Andy sort of put our heads together one day and you know we were putting on really good sales figures for, for this other business that we were working for and thought well this money could essentially be ours and none of these businesses that we worked for prior to us starting the business ever utilised Andy's network you know he had you know the likes of Alan Shearer John Terry people like this you know household names that these businesses could have lent on and, and used for to take their brand to the next level so we basically put our heads together and, and decided, you know, we're going to show these boys like how to do it properly. But rather than doing a football or sport-related product for the fans about the sport, we thought we're going to, you know, go diving into the industry and do something for the players rather than about the players. So I'll let Andy take over from here and he can explain how he built his network from, from his early days of working with the footballers. I just think this is so cool as well because... You basically saw a gap in the market. Yeah, well, obviously, it's uh, a big help at the start was obviously me growing up in the football background. Obviously, my dad used to play for Aston Villa and QPR back in the day. Um, so I just grew up in playing football, going to games, socialising with his friends who were ex-players or sort of coaches in the game. And from that, managed to sort of get my own contacts in the game. And I always knew I wanted to be involved in football. And when I met Liam, um, the previous previous employment um we, we got on well and it went really it went great and then 
was like like Liam says, one night we decided we want to do this ourselves. And with my contacts and Liam's sort of business side of things, with with his events in the in the past, um, it just made sense to to do it ourselves and obviously take what we had there to another level. And um, we never sort of envisaged that it would go to what it has. Um, and some of the clients we're working with now is beyond our wildest dreams, really. Um, but we wouldn't have had that without the sort of contacts at the start because in football there's a lot of it's based down to trust and I had luckily enough I had the trust of some like Liam mentioned before some big big players and big names and they help with getting the clubs once you get into one player you're into that club and then they sort of trust you and then you get it and they might get a move and then you've got their club so it's sort of like a domino effect uh, throughout the game and then that's obviously led winter sort of further afield into Europe and the rest of the world now. That's really amazing. In the early days, obviously, when you started out, was it because of the trust that that's how you got people? Because obviously companies are advertising with you mm-hmm. and have to trust you. So that's separate from the footballers. How did you kind of establish those relationships and build up those connections with the companies who are now advertising? You know, like you've got your partnering with like Louis Vuitton and like Bentley and obviously you've got like private jets and all this amazing stuff. Like how how did you actually build those relationships from the beginning? So for, from the beginning, we had this um, mentality where it was never ever about the money for, for me and Andy. We're in a, a very fortunate position that we're in now um, through hard graft, basically. Um, but from the beginning, it was all about two lads who were pretty much failed footballers to a, to a certain extent. Um, I'm a Sunderland fan. I had a little stint at Newcastle when I was younger. Andrew, a Newcastle fan, had a stint at Sunderland when he was younger. Really? Um, <laughs> but um, we, we both love football. That's our passion. Um, and we wanted to be involved in the industry no matter you know which way it was. Um, so when we first started, we got a, a one-man office in, in North Shields um, and we bought two mattresses from Gumtree. <laughs> um, and... The idea behind it was we're going to go to work on a Sunday night and then we're not going to leave the office until Saturday morning, the following Saturday. Um, so we lived in the office for five, essentially five nights a week. We went to the local gym in North Shields, not to go on the treadmills or lift any weights purely and simply to get a shower. We got woken up on the morning by the postman at uh, seven o'clock. Yeah, milkman or the postman um, delivering stuff around the offices. But the whole the whole sort of um, thinking behind it was is you know if we in the, if we're in the office 24 7 we'll always be one step ahead of the game we were reaching out to companies all over the world not just not just the uk to basically tell them our story tell them what we're looking to achieve and obviously you know 99 percent of people will not spend any money with you until you've got a physical product or you've made some kind of you know foothold in your industry so it, it was so hard we worked two jobs we plowed all of our money into our savings account uh, a business savings account until we had enough to basically pay for our own, you know, magazine to be distributed. We give away a lot of free space. Um, we had no investors or anything whatsoever. Uh, we lent on Andrew's network of footballers for a couple of interviews, which were very kind in doing so, purely and simply because they were your friends, um, but no business relationship whatsoever. We wanted to try and get at least some brands in there that we could potentially do a little a little bit of work for particularly on our first issue so a lot of the lads receiving the magazine would see you know a mercedes v-class in there and then they would contact andrew and say can you book me a driver from newcastle to manchester like this saturday like you know three people or whatever 
And then after releasing the first issue, we kind of realized very quickly that we've got a different business model here. So we're not just trying to get returns for, for the advertising partners of the product. We were actually running a lifestyle management slash concierge company for the players, but with the physical product being the magazine. So the players were seeing the partners in the magazine, then contacting us to basically organise it for them. Where maybe for for other magazines and other products out there, you, you you know you'd see the exposure in the magazine, and then you'd ring them yourself with footballers and these kind of lads. They they you know they want everything done for them. So we essentially you know kind of had a separate arm to the business quickly and before we even realised you know. So but the first few advertising partners were were sure for companies, sort of two three hundred quid packages barely even sort of scratching the surface on what we needed to, to basically print and distribute a magazine. Um, and then we managed to get the first one away. And then moving into the following year, 2016, it was a case of how do we how do we get the next one out? But we actually had a product that we could send people in to show them what they could potentially be featuring in, which did help, but n- not a lot. It was probably around maybe the third or fourth issue that we released where we really started seeing any kind of money coming in. So you're looking at a, a process of maybe 10 to 12 months before we made a single penny in the green, really. Um, and obviously I had my partner, Melissa, was living in, in Manchester at the time at, at university, so that made things a little bit easier for me. Um, Andrew had to say to his partner, Kayleigh, like, this is this was our vision, this is what we wanted to do, and essentially we're going to have to just stay at the office and do as much as we possibly can if we want to make it a dream come true. And I think that's that's kind of the the inspiration that, that that people like to hear when they ask about our story. It's it's a case of not that we we fell on our feet or not that we we were lucky or anything else. We we literally did everything we possibly could with with both of our own money to get it off the floor. And then I think life has its way of paying you back a little bit as well. So after about the third or fourth issue, we started working with a, a lot of footballers um, around the country, but you know maybe one or two in each dressing room, not not kind of the, the calibre that we have at the moment. But there was an event come up in Birmingham called Show Fighter. Uh, it was a, a black tie event, which was a, an evening with Floyd Mayweather. And uh, this is a funny story, actually. So the guy wanted footballers down at this black tie event. And um, from then... He contacted us to see if we could get any of the the West Brom, the Aston Villa, and the the Birmingham City players down down to the event. We managed to get a few down there, but part of the deal was that he got us, you know, ten fifteen minutes with Floyd before the event. We knew it was going to be kind of some kind of conference room where there'd be other local tabloids and everything in there as well. Um, but because of Floyd's previous history with ex-girlfriends and newspapers writing bad press about him, we ended up being the only people in the room with him which meant that we had a a full hour with Floyd Mayweather. At this point, you're looking at two lads with no journalism experience whatsoever who were basically winging it completely. And um, Floyd came out with his entourage of girls and all the guys that come with him as well, took pictures with the magazine, wanted to learn about what we were looking to achieve, loved it, and he gave us all the time of day, didn't he? He was absolutely first class with us. Um, And from then... We then managed to, to lock something with Conor McGregor as well. So you're looking at two issues back to back, which fell just before the biggest fight in history, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. So just before this fight, we had endorsements from two of the biggest athletes in the world. And I think that was almost, like I said before, life's way of, of kind of giving you that a little bit something back for, for all your hard work. 
Um, and obviously the footballers loved that, didn't they? You know, the Floyd and the lifestyle and the money, and then obviously everybody knows what, what Connor's about as well. So um, we fell on our feet a little bit there, but I don't necessarily look at that as luck. I think that's more a case of, you know, life giving you something back, you know, for the for the graft and the sacrifice that we made when we first started, really. A hundred percent. You put so much time and effort and like really put your heart and soul into creating a company mm-hmm. from nothing and that's to- that was totally deserved. Those experiences might seem like luck, yeah, but that's because of how much you put into them, like how much you put into it. When you were first starting out and you were basically living in the office and like sleeping on the floor and using the gym for the shower and stuff, like did you have moments where you were kind of like, this isn't going to work or like kind of dark nights of the soul where you're like, oh God, let's just like pack it in and go get a job again? It was, it was crazy like Liam mentioned obviously what he'd failed to mention was obviously he he sourced the uh, the two mattresses and um he got he got them from Gumtree on uh, from Pennywell in Sunderland and mine his was brand new and mine was a <laughs> definitely well used um it didn't smell great but anyway we managed to plow on and like you say it was it was it was very difficult at the start and we did have days where we sort of doubted what we're doing and um but at the same time, we're enjoying what we're doing. We're laughing. We're waking up. We're like even at night time, we'd, we'd have a great laugh together, and we'd be working sort of three, four o'clock in the morning some nights in the Australian, New Zealand markets, America, Canada, and then we'd hit the sort of uh, Australian, New Zealand from like eleven onwards. And it was it was very frustrating because some of these companies, the magazine didn't exist, so we didn't have a a product to sell into. We couldn't show them. What we've what we've got because we didn't have a product, um, so that was very difficult. Once we managed to get the the first magazine away, and like Liam went on to, to mention the the sort of turning point was the McGregor Mayweather covers uh, to get two guys on the covers, sort of the biggest in the fight game at the time, probably still are. Mm-hmm. Um, that really sort of bumped it up a little bit, and it was it was amazing because we still were the, the two guys in this office in North Shields on our own sleeping, sort of. Throughout sort of them dark nights in there, it was it was pretty lonely at times. Like um, me and him just in there on my own and just uh, door locked and down on like we'd get it probably three four hours sleep a night, and then up again the next day straight back on the phones. I don't I don't know how you did it to be honest. I think that is that just shows such a kind of like hunger for what you want to achieve, mm. and it just goes to show like you know now what you've achieved is just it makes it even more incredible you know you've got people like Messi like Beckham you know Pharrell Williams on the cover and like ad- endorsing the magazine like that must be such an amazing feeling to see how far you've really come from the early days oh absolutely um if you had said to me um five six years ago that one day, you and Andrew would be standing in a media space with the greatest player of all time, arguably. Um, then I would have said that was absolute nonsense. Um, people like Leo Messi are completely untouchable for brands, the biggest brands in the world, let alone you know two lads from from the northeast of England. So that there, I, I would say, as much as we had a huge turning point with with Floyd and Connor. Um, we've had a couple of, of turning points after that as well, but in terms of catapulting us to, you know, the very biggest in the game, working with the footballers, that was certainly a, a huge head turner for everybody else. Um, 
people think, you know, I mean, there's, there's certain brands that'll probably advertise at Barcelona Stadium. There'll be sponsors of the clubs. There'll be brands left, right, and centre that would pay millions and millions of pounds to have an endorsement from Leo Messi, and yet we've we've got one completely for free, purely and simply because he likes the magazine and loves the content of it. Um, so that there, I mean, that was only sort of 12 months ago now that, that we met Messi, but over the last 12 months, it's, you know, the, the financials going into the business, the calibre of players that now want to be on the cover. It's not a case of us asking, we get requests all the time. Um, the, the, you know, the calibre of brands that want to be featured in there, that want same kind of access as what we have. He's been definitely, you know, the, you know, the pivotal point of our our uh, business and in terms of, you know, working with the, the biggest in the game. Um, but I mean, following on from that as well, obviously it's 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 great to, to mention Messi all the time, but sometimes working with these guys isn't necessarily the most important thing that we do. I mean, one of the things that we, we try to do most of is, is, is meet the players. Um, and if we're doing a photo shoot and, and an interview with them, we don't just necessarily want them as a reader of the magazine, we want them to be a client using us and using our partners and making sure that that we look after all the footballers because that's essentially the the ethos of of the business it's it's about ensuring that all the players around the uk and europe all receive the magazine and obviously like what we do but also making sure that they're all using the right companies they're not getting ripped off they're not getting bad services and by us orchestrating everything for them it's basically ensured the continuity of our business because of the relationship that we've now built, not just through players, but their families, their wives and girlfriends, their agents, and and, and obviously more importantly, the clubs as well. Um, but yeah, getting back to your point, you know, two football fans meeting Messi, you don't get any bigger than that whatsoever. And what was really nice from him actually is when we met him, He'd already, he, his agent must have showed him a picture of, of me and Andrew, so he knew our names. I mean, he couldn't speak any English. That's but, so nice. But, but he, he, you know, he welcomed us as Liam and Andrew, which was like incredible, wasn't it, at the time? So, so yeah, it was. A yeah. pinch me moment. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, how, how did you actually get Messi on the cover? Like, how does the, I guess, how does the process work? I'm assuming you would have, you must have reached out to like his publicist or to his. No, uh, so, the, how does it work? So because we're, um, I mean, everybody sees the brand and SWM and Sports World magazine, the, the, the product's got absolutely nothing to do with sport whatsoever. It's all about um, connecting luxury brands with professional sports athletes. And that's essentially how we got Leo. So um, he collaborated with a brand called Jacob & Co to design his own um, watch. There's only sort of 500 made in the world. Um, and obviously the, the clientele that can afford to buy that watch has to be a, a high net worth, affluent kind of you know individual. So they wanted to target the football industry, the players, the players' families, people involved in, in, in football, and there was no better product out there for them to do so than ourselves. So it was a case of offering them product placement in the magazine if they give us kind of access to Leo. And obviously, you know, it worked well for both parties, definitely. Um, but off the back of that, I mean, we had to be a little bit box clever about that, but off the back of that, now, you know, your, your Karim Benzema's at, at Real Madrid, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang at Arsenal, Dani Alves, um, you know, we've got some massive interviews lined up for this year as well. We don't necessarily have to be as clever anymore. It's a case of because we've worked with the very elite, 
that now the majority of the players it's it's a little bit like playing for England really that's that's the kind of a the the, the similarities I, I I see when when we're talking about the magazine it's it's like a privilege really so we we work with the likes of Leo Messi and and Karim Benzema so then you know your Pierre Aubameyangs and these guys who are kind of the next bracket down you know look up to these guys so if they think well if it's good enough for them it's good enough for me and that's similar also with with the brands um if you know in the banking world if we're working with Coots then everybody in the financial sector thinks it's completely fine to advertise with us because we they want to be seen in a similar product in the fashion industry if if you have if you're working with Louis Vuitton you know your other fashion brands are more than happy to to feature in there and and again that that's throughout um in the property industry with you know the real estate we do a lot with Savills so one of the biggest estate agents in the world so then all of your developers that we work with they're more than happy to be in there because they want to be featured alongside these these sort of elite brands and it it's you know exactly the same with the players as well so a lot of successful business people come from quite privileged backgrounds or like a public school education and kind of we're, we're kind of given a lot of opportunities that way mm-hmm. can you both tell me a little bit about your background and like just a bit about your background would be very interesting so uh, yeah well, I was obviously involved with football uh, all my life playing a decent standard when I was younger um, had trials at Sunderland and Middlesbrough and um, never never sort of made the made the grade the professional game but uh, I've always loved it and I knew I knew somehow I'd be involved in football uh, in some way and then left school joined the fire brigade um, completely different but um, wasn't for me left after about nine months didn't didn't enjoy it whatsoever um, and then I joined uh, the bank uh, joined the castle building society worked there for a little bit again it, that wasn't wasn't what I was wanting to do and I was out of work at the time and I remember getting a call for a lad who knew I sort of had good connections within football and um, he says, "Oh, there's a there's a job opportunity at, at this magazine. They do sort of the work with uh, football clubs, sort of grassroots level." And I says, "Oh, yeah, I'll I'll come for an interview." So I went for an interview, and obviously that was how I met Liam. I remember going in, and obviously he was a mac, and he didn't like us at the start. <laughs> <laughs> Me being a Jody, um, and um, yeah, I went in for an interview and got the job straight away, and then started working uh, working alongside Liam, and obviously we've we've worked sort of two jobs together, haven't we? One. One on a night shift, and then another one which was based in Washington. Uh, the latter one was uh, based in North Shields, ironically. Um, so that was kind of where we came up with the idea because we're working on a night shift already, and we says, "What why don't we do this ourselves?" We're in North Shields. Obviously, that their business was in North Shields, so we sort of got in the car the next morning when we finished. We shifted seven a.m. And started driving around like two madmen looking for an office, and we managed to find this this one man office, and obviously that's. That's how I sort of how, how, how I began, really. With myself, you name a job, and I've probably had a go at it. Anything from working in shops, bloody fashion. Um, I've laid bricks. I've like literally everything. I've I've had a go at everything. Um, I don't know. For for me, exactly the same as Andrew. I, I've seen a, an opportunity working for for this other magazine and I thought I love football and you know what's the worst that can happen I'll just dive in and took to it pretty well um, and although the the business went under pretty quickly I think me and Andy have a lot to thank purely and simply because we we met each other there um, but we picked up the basic traits of selling um, the basic traits of simply speaking to people on the phone and being confident and 
little things like that and, and kind of got, got a better understanding of how a football club kind of made money, particularly at a, at a grassroots or a semi-professional level. And then from then, you know, we, we kind of left um, when, when that business sort of went into liquidation, tried our own different things and, and kind of came back to to working on another magazine on the night shift. And then like Andy's just mentioned, we... Um, we essentially, you know, thought of the idea on a night time and then put it into practice during the day. But in terms of, you know, my missus, in terms of me mum and dad, in terms of Andy's mother and father and his brother, Martin, who actually works for us full time now, everyone was, was, was dead supportive from, from day one for what we were trying to do. But I do believe that nobody thought it would have worked. I think, you know, it was a case of nobody wanted to burst the bubble. Um, but I think there was there was only probably me and him in the whole world that thought this could probably work. A, a lot of people thought we were absolutely backward for for, for trying trying to do what we were doing. Um, and those people are some of those people are now working for the company as well. Um, you know, particularly like I said before, Andy's brother Martin who lives in Dubai, he's got a family and everything out there, but works for the company full time and is excelling doing so every single day. And it's amazing that we've built up such a, a platform that we're able to give people like Martin an, an opportunity to not only work for a, a company which is about football which again he loves but also give him the opportunity to work alongside his brother alongside me as a friend and, and travel the world together and, and you know do what we love doing on a daily basis. Yeah that's one of the really inspiring things about it because this is something that you love and is your passion you've worked really hard for but the opportunities it brings you aren't just things like amazing trips and material things it's also like getting to be with family or provide for partners or bring the partners in the business you're still putting those things like that's why you're kind of doing it all as well which is really nice yeah i mean there's there's, there's certain things that we've been able to do to, to give back to our friends and family and loved ones who have, who have supported us there's you know, even little things like, I mean, obviously I've, I've mentioned Martin there working for the company, earning a, a really good salary and, and a living from us whilst also still living in Dubai. <laughs> um, but also little things like Andrew's parents and my parents when, you know, when my mum and dad have really wanted to go on a holiday somewhere and we've had a, a fantastic partnership with a, a hotel resort and the magazine and we've done so much business for them that they've offered us like seven days for free and I've been able to send my mum and dad and Andrew's mum and dad um, and step stepmom um, away to, to some of these places and, and sort of give back to our families really for the success that we've achieved and um, the partnerships that we've built with, with certain brands. It's, it's been amazing to be able to do that. There's not many people that can say they've sent their parents to the Maldives and stuff, is there? So, um, so no, it's, it, it's been, been amazing being able to do that. Yeah, the holidays, um, obviously I follow you on Instagram and the holidays are always just like, oh my God, it's a rainy day in the UK and Liam's setting himself the Maldives. Obviously I know how hard you work, though, so it's fine. Um, where, where would you kind of say is the most amazing place that you've both been to that you've been able to go to because of the company you've built? I mean, the travel industry is a massive one for us. Um, players love to obviously get away when, when they're not um, playing and they're not training, if they get a week off. And because of that reason, there's a lot of the, the biggest resorts and best resorts in the world want to, you know, have, you know, influences in particular footballers, you know, being seen at their resort. And there's no way, again, of accessing these guys without, you know, a product like ours. Um, and because we do a hell of a lot of business in the travel, we get, you know, some 
sort of fortunate perks, if you like, where if we do so much business for a particular resort, they'll invite us over as well. So we get to travel quite a lot. I think for me personally, I'm the type of guy that likes to lie about and do absolutely nothing on holiday. So I would always say the Maldives is, is my favourite resort. Uh, sorry, favourite place. Yeah, well, obviously, sometimes we go on these holidays and people think, oh, you're just sort of going away for a week's week in the sun. But a lot of a lot of time you've got to sort of still be working and still be active when you're there. A lot of these resorts sort of invite me and Liam across. Um, and obviously we're never sort of saying no, but it's um, partly because the, the, we need to sort of check it out for the player. The last thing we want is to send a, one of our top sort of VIP players across there and go and have a terrible holiday obviously that's not what we want so if we can go to these places and sort of experience them at first hand and know exactly what's what um it's better for us to sort of relay that information to the player so if a player does want sort of see it in the magazine yes i want to go to the maldives for example we can sort of tell them which flights to get sort of see plane or speedboat whatever sort of uh, transport he needs to that specific island and we can give him that information from first hand because we've had the sort of privilege of, of being able to visit the islands and obviously that goes with all the, all the holidays and trips we'll go on but we're sort of constantly promoting these resorts and holiday uh, hotels while we're there as well and sort of live promotion and then speaking to players and answering questions while we're there kind of thing so it's sort of get they're getting a sort of live live experience from it um so i think that does help but obviously going back to the the point about the favorite destination it's definitely the maldives like for me uh, it's unbelievable it's just like paradise i have to get myself there that's amazing when i launched my own business i know from experience that there can be that element of like self-doubt sometimes or kind of imposter syndrome where you're thinking how am I actually doing this? Or like, you know, maybe it was when you had an interview with someone and you're thinking, oh my God, I've got no idea. Like how, did you ever have that? Or did you kind of always have that feeling of like, no, I can totally do this. And if you did have that, how did you manage to deal with it? Well, one one thing I'll say before, before we mention that is I'm sitting here now with a guy who has absolutely no fear in life whatsoever. Between the two of us, we, we work absolutely amazingly well because I'm the stress head out of the two of us and Andrew just laughs his way through life. So no matter what situation we've ever found ourselves in, whether we're standing face to face with Floyd Mayweather with no experience of dealing with a guy like that, whether it be, you know, living a boyhood dream and getting to meet Leo Messi, whether it be financial difficulties and mistakes we've made in the early years when we were starting the business and we thought, bloody hell, how are we going to pay for that? We didn't expect that tax bill to come through and all that kind of stuff. We both looked at each other and uh, my heart sank and Andrew's just laughed his way through it completely. So whether, you know, even if we've had certain situations or certain times where we thought, here, we're screwed here. You know, I've just looked at him and he's burst out laughing and we just thought, you know what it is like, what's the worst that can happen? We'll get through it regardless. Um, and th th there has been certain times where, you know, where we've, we've had massive bills to pay we've made a lot of mistakes as everyone does when you first start in the business you're learning and you're adapting and changing all the time but at, at the same time we, we know the the power that we have and the access we have will always be fine and as individuals like i said before i've, I've got a guy standing or sitting next to me now who you know isn't isn't bothered about anything in life so regardless of how bad the situation will we'll always be fine and get through it and I think that's been my comfort blanket as well I think if I'd been running this business by myself I probably would have like you know my head would have exploded now or I would have been 
devastated at certain points, but at, at points where I should have been devastated, I've, I've had the biggest laughs of my life with, with, with him sitting here now. That's so good. Uh, it's been an incredible journey. Like obviously, Liam, Liam did make a good point there. Sometimes we'll get a like a big, a big bill through. Like I remember, sort of first, especially the first two years, where we're, we're making mistakes all the time, and 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 financially, and obviously we'd we'd never done it before. We didn't know what was what, and I sort of left that side to Liam because I was sort of dealing with the players, and it still is like that now. It's more like I'm players, Liam's business staff and and looking after the sort of business side of things whereas I'll just be on inquiries non-stop um, and Liam would sort of come to me and say oh look this we've got this we've got this to pay for and I would would end up sort of like he would be he would come in rage and full of hell and would end up laughing you're right just laughing through it and would would end up leaving the room laughing my heads off and that was just me being positive and trying to sort of stay upbeat and say no we can get through we can do this we can do that and it's it's worked ever and, and we're still making mistakes now and, and we'll manage to get through it somehow and we'll always find a way of, of sort of sorting things out and it's obviously like Liam says obviously the partnerships just blossomed really and um, we, we get on so well and I think that's obviously really important sometimes like Liam will come up with an idea and I'll probably not agree with it but then we'll we'll end up agreeing on a on a sort of an in between or or Liam might come on my side or or sometimes I'll come up with an idea and he'll go mate not definitely not we're not doing that and then and then he'll maybe he's warmed to it if I keep mentioning it um so so we're always sort of bouncing off each other and even going to meet these sort of guys doing the interviews and sort of photo shoots and that it's it's great fun but obviously I think the, the sort of the fun element keeps us sort of at bay at times and obviously we're we'll manage to uh manage to come up with the goods yeah 100 percent Obviously, the magazine is now very financially successful um, after so much hard work and the vision that you've put into it. Was there something special you bought with that kind of first success to celebrate it? There's a couple of points I'll mention. I mean, obviously, we both got houses um, after a couple of years of being in the business, didn't we? which was, I never really envisioned that. Um, That's incredible. But um, for me, the, the sort of milestone, if I look back as one of the first Maldives resorts that we done a lot of good work for and I, I knew my partner Melissa it was like her dream to go there on holiday and I thought well I don't know how well this business is going to pan out I might never come back here again in my life um, obviously we've done alright we've been a few times now <laughs> um, but at the time I didn't know um, and I thought I'm not going to pass on this opportunity to ask her to marry us um, so um, bought an engagement ring and he kept it all quiet first um, you went before me yeah so he kind of planned it all out and helped us and oh you need to do it this way on this part of the island at this time oh that's clever um, yeah and uh, I kind of fell on my feet a little bit but I remember um, I got there and I was speaking to one of the guys one of the resort managers and there was a tiny little private island there where you can go snorkeling j just off it um, and he said oh that's available tonight and he said um something extra special as well John Legend proposed to his wife on that island like singing a song to her um, and I said well I'm not going to sing a song but I'll, I'll, I'll certainly yeah, I'll certainly do exactly what he did so you know I managed to organise all this and, and, and do a, a pretty special en engagement proposal on a private island in the Maldives and that was purely because of work if we didn't have these partnerships and weren't doing a lot of travel and everything then I wouldn't have had that opportunity um, nor would I have been able to afford it either so I think um a big thing for me was um, when my partner fell pregnant. Um, 
at the time we were sort of still relatively young as a business and I was kind of worried a little bit sort of for the finances obviously clothes sort of all the all the sort of materials what what come with it and I was quite worried and I remember that sort of stage the sort of nine months or whatever it was in between my daughter being born it was it was then which sort of I thought bloody hell I, I can I can do this and it's I can't and I think that was the big thing for me because I remember the first when obviously the, when the news broke, I was obviously delighted, but in inside very worried, sort of from a financial um, element. And obviously the magazine sort of helped us, and the business has helped us. Uh, sort of time off as well. Aye. Being able to be your own boss and spend time. Yeah. Um, obviously, I only took one week off, but uh, <laughs> that didn't go down too well at the time. But um, no, I was, I was sort of, um, yeah. So that was definitely a, a big, a big factor for me in terms of like what the magazines been able to do, and, and and even to take take me daughter now she's coming up to two, like take taking her away on these these trips as well. Obviously, like a our first holiday was the Maldives and. Do, our second holiday was Dubai, like, and I, obviously when I was young, I went to Butlins and Skegness, and it's a completely different. Um, and and for us to to be offer that uh, as a business, like myself and Liam, and obviously the, we're, we're partners. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely, it's very inspirational. What's the achievement that you're most proud of with regards to actually building the magazine? I think for th- this one's a funny one because obviously we, we've kind of touched on you know, boyhood dreams of, you know, meeting Leo Messi and, you know, your Mayweathers and the McGregors and stuff that's featured on the magazine. That Obviously, all that's incredible, but I think now I'm a little bit older and I look back at what we've achieved business-wise. I'm, I'm very proud of the way the, the business has evolved. To kind of explain it to you, a lot of people assume that because we have a magazine, we are a, a publishing firm, but that's about 25% of what we actually do on a day-to-day basis. So we have, like... The brands SWM, we have Sports World Media, Sports World Magazine, Sports World Marketing and Sports World Management. And when we first set out to do this business, this was literally going to be a nice glossy magazine for a footballer to read about nice lifestyle stuff. And now we have a dedicated team of people that, you know, we have our, our photographers, our journalists who will do interviews with us. We have the magazine that's distributed across the UK and all across Europe, and the uh, the magazine isn't like any other product I've experienced. Um, like I said, it, print media is, you know, dying a slow death to a certain extent. A lot of people will say that, but with us, I think we're one of the only products that's you know significantly on the rise, and that's because it's exclusive to to the players and their families, and they and they trust us and the product enough to be able to you know, develop a relationship with us and then basically book the most important and expensive things in their life from, you know, property to financial advice, investment, private banking, you know, we're involved in it all, not just the, the holidays, the cars, the watches and the private jets. Um, yeah, like I just said, we've done three weddings this year. We're now wedding planners. Oh, wow. oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Do you get so, invites as well? <laughs> no, unfortunately not, unfortunately not. Um, so, um, and, and also we have a, um, a management arm to the business as well, like I mentioned. So we've worked for, for other publishers that essentially take people's money, give them the exposure, but realistically know fine well that there's no hope whatsoever of ever getting any kind of 
you know, back for, for the money they've invested in that exposure. We've done 8.1 million in returns for advertisers last year. And that alone kind of shows you the, the you know, the power of our products and, and how much it's used. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's there is, is one of our biggest achievements because of our sit here and ask Andrew now, five years ago, did you think you would get any of your advertisers actually, you know, into footballers, mm-hmm. you know, never in a million years. Um, and I think that's probably our biggest achievement to kind of sit here and say that if you spend, you know, a significant amount of your marketing budget with us, you've probably got a really good chance, not just of getting a full return on investment and making profit on that, but also you're going to be working with some of the biggest athletes in the world. And, and that obviously has value in itself. Um, and I I think looking back now, I mean, obviously I, I never ever envisioned that we would meet the likes of your Messi's, Aubameyang's, Benzema's and people like that um, and be travelling all over the world meeting players. Um, but I think having a product that you can go to work every day and say this this actually works and we created this and there's people having major, major success with us. Some of the biggest brands in the world have major success with us and this was all created from two mattresses on a one bedroom <laughs> sorry one one uh, one man office in North Shields I think that's 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 our, our biggest win for me um maybe because I deal with some of the the, the, the business side of things um but I think that that kind of goes missing sometimes people look at it and go oh, well what's your biggest achievement and they look at the, the stars and the players we work with but they don't see the back end side of stuff where you know we're singing and dancing in the office when we're you know, when players are buying four and five million pound houses and things like that, you know, so um, but I'll pass you over to Andrew. For well, that's actually incredible that, like, to see, so, to actually see it kind of, I guess, as that figure as well and actually just see what you've achieved, mm-hmm. like, there in, in numbers. Do you know what I mean? That really just must be pretty amazing. I think, obviously, with, with the players as well, it's not so much going to meet Messi. It's the fact that Messi loves what we do. As, as a magazine and as a business and obviously um, and and the same with Aubameyang and Roberto Carlos Karen Benzema like all these guys love the magazine and they want to be part of it and that's that for me is a, a special thing obviously it's great meeting them don't get us wrong obviously we're both massive football fans and obviously the whole office loves football as well and it is great meeting them but the fact that they actually like what we do and sort of believe in what we do, and like Liam says, they are they're all clients um, and all use our services uh, from within the magazine. That's the special thing for me. How do you see the future with Sports World Media? Is there any kind of spin-off businesses in the pipeline you can talk about, or is there anything? I mean, we'll, for obvious reasons, we like to keep our cards close to our chest. Um, we would never... Uh, as much as we get asked a, a lot of different questions as uh, about how we're going to grow it, do we want to sell it, all this kind of stuff. At the end of the day, I'm 29, um, Andrew's 32. Um, we're still young guys. We've got at least another 20 years worth of business in us. And, and what we've achieved in five years, if we can achieve that in five or six years, what can we achieve in 20? Um, one thing I can say is that we've only scratched the surface. Um I mean, we're working with, I mean, we've pretty much got the, the football industry boxed off, but there's scope for 
all the other sports and that's predominantly the reason why it was called Sports World magazine. We do have other clients in the boxing in the golf industry. Um, obviously they're minuscule in comparison to the, the numbers that we're dealing with in the football industry and that's partly because of the money as well. Um, but there's there's, an, there's a whole wide world out there. Um, we've only just started working with European players over the last 18 months so there's potential for um, us to potentially franchise the business and do a you know sports world spain sports world italy sports world germany and then take on every single club and every single you know player every single sport in that country um there's the opportunity for to go stateside with it as well um which is another ball game altogether um something that we've got no experience with you know nba and nfl and things like that and some of these guys over there make a hell of a lot more money than the footballers do so um that the possibilities are completely endless. I think the model itself will always remain the same. It's a, a personal service that's, you know, the magazine's exclusive to players. It'll never ever go on the shelves. We, we don't ever want to commercialise it in any way, shape or form. But there is opportunities for us to, to delve into other sports and particularly in other countries. Um, and we're already doing that at the minute with one singular product. So there is a possibility that we could... You know, like I said before, franchises into the different sports and the different countries as well. Um, but again, that you know, we're five, six years down the line. So, what we can, what can we achieve in, in twenty years? You know, the, the possibilities are endless, really, and the sky's the limit. Um, so yeah. And another thing, which obviously Liam didn't mention there, is um, the fact that players themselves, our readers, our clients, our main audience. Um, of sort of some have approached obviously I'm not going to name any names but some have approached wanting to be involved on a financial point of view so for the, for them to sort of believe in uh, what we're doing as clients and and uh, readers they've then sort of took an interest in, in how they can get involved um, from a financial point of view investments and can they, can they buy sort of percentages into the business and stuff like that so even things like that it's again it goes back to the, the point before about obviously how how well we've done in terms of sort of getting people's attention with what we're doing and, and people who we're working with and and the players and because at the end of the day everybody loves football and that sort of helps us because even the the sales guys in the office and the reporters and that it's it's all football all the time football is sort of the biggest biggest sport in the uk and sort of money wise for us to for these players to sort of offer that it's um it's pretty um it's pretty special i think on on that question and on that note i think it's it's you know it's wise for us to to sort of mention the people that that have worked for us um because although me and me and Andrew have done the hard work, um, you know you've got to kind of give back to the people that have put the graft in for you as well. Um, so the designers, the, the sales staff, everybody that works in the office Monday to Friday for us, our family, you know, our you know parents, our partners, you know, everyone's kind of enjoyed the fruits of it, but also supported us along the way. Um, and I think now we're at this point, it's. You know, we've got huge plans for the future, but sometimes it's nice to look back. And I think by doing this with you today, you've given us a chance to do that, which sometimes we never do. We always look forward. We always talk about what we're going to do next and what risks we're going to take and how we can go at the next level and you know what other things we can do. But it's been really super nice to look back and kind of reminisce on some of the old times and 
um, and kind of explain that to you as well. So it's, that's that's been very nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you both so much for talking to me because when I decided to do this podcast, this is the sort of this is the sort of conversation I wanted to have, like inspiring conversations with people who have actually achieved amazing things, built it up themselves, and you should both be very proud of yourselves. And there's a lot of people who will see how amazing things are now, but not realize the story behind it or how hard the two of you have worked. So, so yeah, so thank you both so much for speaking much, to me. Really I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help other people find us and spread the word to your friends. See you next time.